Bailey and Harper, we're back. We took some time off. Get over it. Episode 81. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about. It's raining outside. Uh, man, we got a lot of stuff to catch up on. You went to Panthers camp yesterday. Yeah. I'm wearing Hoochie Daddy shorts. Like, we got stuff. I mean, we got relax, stuff. Relax, Scott Kyle. They're not that Hoochie Daddy. They're, they're as Hoochie Daddy as I get. They're chubby seven-inch inseams. I don't get no more Hoochie Daddy than that, man. I don't do the whole five-inch inseam thing, man. I, I, I'd scare old women if I did that. So, so I, I've done the shorter the five-inch inseams? How do you feel about that when you're out in public? Do you not feel like your goods are on display? You know, whenever I sit down, my wife's always like, I can see your balls. <laughs> and that's just like, it's a little aggressive, right? <laughs> we are 45 seconds into this podcast, and you just said, I can see your balls. All right, cool. Cool. All right, yeah, so uh, the five-inch inseams don't bother you, huh? Uh, no, the thing is, is like, um, I'm cool with... The five inch inseams when like my quads are popping. Yeah. When I've been working out the legs. Correct. Like, right. I'm like, we're good. Yeah. So we're... so I think that's about what it is. But I only have one pair. Yeah. That I would consider like that. A couple of my swim trunks are kind of shorter. For sure. But that's those are swim trunks. So, so like I've been I've been getting after it in, in the lab. My wife was like, I see you, you busted out the chubbies again. Like, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about the sticks here. You know, I'm, I'm feeling <laughs> feeling pretty good about the work I've been putting in. So uh, she's like, I'm proud of you. And I was like, I appreciate that. But no, th- these are these are my technical hoochie daddy shorts because I don't get I don't do five inch hoochie daddy shorts. No, I mean, Kyle, I, 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 when you told me I got my hoochie daddy shorts on, I looked. I'm like, mm. in today's terms, it not that hoochie daddy. You're, you're right, honestly though. You're yeah, right. They're, Just they're by not, my standards, they don't get any more hoochie than that. So. They're not. But you know, I, I, and we're going to get to this. Sure. Um, but you know, the Bayhive was last night. Oh, 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 see, I got in trouble for calling it that. Hold on, we got to come back to that. But first. Episode it is a- the beehive. Okay, okay, okay. But Epis- it's spelled. I, that's what I said, and I got yelled at by people on the right. Re- yeah, okay, hold on. So episode 81, right, we're firmly into the wide receiver episodes. Uh, you're right, there's like two options here. So which one, you, which, so which one are you going to take? I'm, I'm going to take uh, T.O. I'm going to take Terrell Owens. All right. Um, one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. His numbers speak for themselves, and uh, I'm actually friends with him. So uh, he's really cool. Honestly, uh, until you get to know him, he's probably not that cool. And yeah. then all of a sudden, once he's like, oh, you're cool, then you're, like, really cool. Then you're and then, cool with T.O. Yeah, yeah, then you're that, cool with T.O. That, that tracks. Uh, it's just really funny because I've seen him curb a lot of motherfuckers, like, <laughs> hard. Like, man, I've seen him do it. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen him at a charity basketball game. Come up, A lady come up and, like, had her little kid, and he was like, damn, why you let that kid walk around with them big-ass glasses on? I'm like, dude. Ooh, wow. Curb. Damn. It was it was funny, bro. But I mean, he just is. That's just who he is. His personality. Well, no, I, I remember seeing him for the first time in person in Minneapolis several years ago. We're like we're all herded in the Mall of America doing oh, yeah, Radio he, Row. He was in To actually. He was oh, in dude, To like, mode. He was in To mode. Them big ass sunglasses <laughs> on in the middle of the mall, just stomping through people on Radio Row. Did not care who was in his way. Yeah, that's did not care. That who was, was in when his that's way. in To mode. Okay, you know to. I, mean? I know him as Terrell. So kind of like I, sport mode with Crocs. He's got To mode with the shades. I mean. I mean, talking about sport mode and Crocs, I mean, do we even have time to get into Montgomery, Alabama at we, some we, point? We got to come back to that, too. We got to come, come all the way back we gotta, to that. We got a lot going on. So I I'll mean, it, I went to Napa. I got, we got a lot. Kyle. So I'll make it quick. I went to New Hampshire, a state that I didn't even think existed growing up. So um, I got Calvin Johnson, Megatron, 81. I mean, that's the other one, right? Yes. Uh, Hall of Famer? Yes. 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 He just got in first ballot. Yep. Which uh, was a huge deal because Terrell Owens actually played longer and had better numbers. But – Calvin went in first. It's almost like sometimes these things are very, very um, 
political, right. I would say. Right. And, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Absolutely. A lot of the writers and people that vote, they didn't like Terrell because of his personality. Some of the wherewithal, honestly, though, he was a really good teammate and kind of balled out. I, I never heard any, you never heard teammates talk bad about him until it was all said and done. And, you know, but he's the only wide receiver I've ever seen cry for a quarterback. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just, I mean, didn't think you were going to go there. Um, have you seen anybody else cry? I haven't, you're right. I haven't seen a soul cry. Not one. <laughs> like, not one over wide receiver. Can you imagine like Randy Johnson crying over a wide receiver? No. It's ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. No, I mean, T.O.'s the only one. The only one. He's the only one. So, just like put some respect on him. Do you have a relationship with Randy Moss? Um, not really. Okay. No. I know him. If we saw each other, we'd be cool, you know? Yeah, I know people who know Randy Moss, but, like, they all say that he's the funniest son of a bitch on the planet in, well, in his own way. Like, the Julian Edelman story that he told a couple of weeks ago yeah, yeah, that about how he funny. called him Edelnut when he was a rookie. Yeah. And he was like, don't you ever fucking address me, Edelnut, when I'm on the phone with my mama, Edelnut. And just kept <laughs> me just giving it to him, apparently, as a rookie. I think his accent also helped. Oh, yeah. Ran accent, West Virginia, yeah, baby. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> The accent, because he never lost it. No. And he did, and like, you see this tall, really lanky black guy who can run like the, a deer. And he's like, he's just, just not supposed to talk like country that. Country as shit. Yeah, he's just not supposed like to talk like that. He lived in the unincorporated town of Rand, West Virginia. It's hardly even a real town. It's real to him. I'm not being insulting about it, but, you know, it's an unincorporated town in the Appalachian Mountains of West Virginia. Man, it, that is wild. And, you know, I just saw this story the other day on 60 Minutes, Kyle, about. The um, the 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 new version of black lung for a lot of the coal miners in West Virginia, dude. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like they're getting it younger, faster, because I guess they're using more technology to dig a little bit deeper, to cut a little bit deeper, oh, yeah. exposing them to more and more, a little bit more dangerous toxins coming out of the earth, bro. I was like, dude, these dudes, and they're like third, my, fourth generation. This is like all they know. Killed my grandfather. It, black lung killed my grandfather. Yeah, and these people, this is all they know. Yeah. I, that, and that's what surprises me. I'm like, so if you know this is out there, why don't you just do something else? And they're like, mm, because it pays well and there's yeah. really not much else. Yeah. That's really it. Like, nothing else to do. That's pretty much what it is. I yeah. Mean, you know, we, like West Virginia, Kentucky, parts of Southwest Virginia, um, that's what it is. I mean, pe I, when people ask that question sometimes, we're on a tangent here, but like, why, why don't you just go do something else? Well, that's me. That's me. I'm the one that's asking. But like, it's why like don't you just do something else? There's no other industry, or at least yeah. there hasn't been historically. And coal mining, pretty good. I mean, I'm not saying you're going to get rich doing it, but like, yeah. you can, used to, at least you used to be able to support a family doing it. Like, yeah. it was. You got paid pretty well. It's dangerous work. My dad did it for seven years. And then he's like, I think I'm going to go. And he had us. You know, and he had little kids to come. And he's like, I think I'm going to go do something else. Yeah. Because he, did, he didn't want to go to work every day thinking this might be the day he doesn't come out of the mountain. Mm. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – that we went from Randy Moss to coal mining, which actually is not illogical when you think about it. Not at all. He's not, from West not, Virginia. Not illogical. <laughs> <laughs> so, you went to Panthers practice yesterday. Yes. Let's start with something topical. You went to camp in Spartanburg yesterday. Um, jets and all the cameras. What was it? I wanted to be there, man. But like, I'm I'm still off vacation, getting caught up. I couldn't make it down yesterday. But like, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets are in town for joint practices. Hard Knocks cameras are there. The New York media is down in little Spartanburg, South Carolina. Like, how how was that yesterday? Um, it was a ton of people. Yep. Um, especially like on the sidelines in practice. Um, I was talking to uh, Riley Fields, and he was like, "Look, we haven't had like practice like this." And I hope I'm not ratting him out, but we haven't had practice like this many people out of practice in a while. Yeah. With, like this type of enthusiasm, like people are excited. It's like, you know, when they get the report 
when practice is over, like, man, parking was tough. Like, we, we didn't have enough room for parking. That's, like, low-key, that's a good thing. Right. Like, like they're excited about it. good problem those. to have. Yeah, it's a great problem. We want more of those problems. And he was like, you know, the height of it was, like, 2014 was decent. 15 was, like, revving up. And then 16 was – he's like, 16 was crazy because that was after the Super Bowl year. Like, it was packed every day for training camp. Um, and then he said it's been steadily kind of going downhill since then. And oh, all yeah. of a sudden, now this year, it's a little bit more excitement bringing Bryce Young in and some other little things, new st- coaching staff, all those other things. And then, of course, bringing in the Jets with the, the NFL films and uh, hard knocks. So that, that was a whole different deal. It was people everywhere. Honestly, normally if I bring my family, we could kind of walk around, go in between some stuff. They didn't allow any of that. Family, friends, all that stuff had to stay up under the tent. Oh, it's tightened up, yeah. And blocked off area. And then the – but, like, former players, we could go around. But I had all my kids, so, like, I didn't do anything. You couldn't do that, right. Kyle, it was like – and the funniest thing is, like, I bring my kids. I think they're going to, like, want to watch practice. They don't give a shit about practice. No. They didn't watch one rep for real. They sat over there. They played football themselves. My son and his friend. Because they're kids. Yeah. My boy and my – our friend Lennon – who's a crazy fanatical Alabama football fanatic and all sports fanatic. And so him and Roman are playing football versus some other kids. My oldest daughter, London, she's playing. Sydney's kind of just standing around getting Gatorades like me for everybody when they come off. And we watched, we sat there during the whole practice. I watched a little bit of it here and there just to see a couple things. Um, and then all they cared about was getting Bryce Young's autograph. It's literally, we drove an hour and yeah, a half kids. for Bryce Young. That, that's all they cared about. Yeah, I used to ask my dad to go to high school football games sometimes so I could watch fights under the bleachers. I didn't give a shit about the game. It's <laughs> <laughs> mean, so true. They're kids, bro. Like they'll maybe one day they'll. But the the thing, the other thing is too, you can't walk the sidelines because God forbid there's a, somebody catches a ball on an out route and gets shoved out of bounds and ends up knocking your kid twenty feet. You know, because you go, you you can't keep eyes on both of them at the same time. Like no, I have four. Oh. You had all four? I have four there. Was it just uh, you? Well, Soul stayed back, but uh, we had a friend that oh, came I got substitute in, so it was good. You just, yeah, you just got to keep eyes on it. But anyway, yeah. so like, I mean, it seemed like, and again, I I had FOMO yesterday because I wish I'd been there. Uh, I was I made the first day of practice, then I basically went on vacation, and I haven't been down there since. Um, but I watched some of the film, and I saw the atmosphere. Like a lot of people, they said there were ten thousand ticketed fans there yesterday, and then. Ticketed. They charged people? I mean, I, I don't know they charged them, but I think they were, like, keeping track of who got oh, yeah. in. Okay. Uh, I, can't, I can't speak to that. I wasn't there. But I know Darren – I saw Darren Gant, our buddy Darren, say there were 10,217, I think, ticketed people in attendance is what the way you put it. Um, but, man, like – so That you, sounds about right. It was a lot of people out there, Kyle. And it – honestly, dude, it was competitive. Um, so, it, it's just funny how this game of football takes you through life. Like, for me and my – life and what it's done for me um you know as soon as I walk in you know first of all I'm able to go I'm I'm buddy with two different organizations yeah right I'm a hall of famer in one and then the other one they just let me come and go as I please as well Uh, a lot of times because they like me you know you live here and I live here (laughs) so so you know I, I come in uh we park we come in and the first person I see is Thomas Morstead the punter for the, the Jets. The punter for the Jets, yeah. Who, we, were, who, we were just talking about him. yet. Not to, or I was just listening to, to somebody talk about him yesterday. And then you, he pops up in a shout-out on your Instagram post. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I was just talking about Thomas Morstead like four hours ago. And I forgot entirely that's your guy. That's my guy. I mean, he 
crazy is that he's the oldest punter in the league now. Like, dude, time flies. Damn. He was a rookie when we won the Super Bowl, the famous ambush onside kick. Right. That was the weird kick that he learned how to do. And we practiced it all year. And so that was supposed to go to me, but things happen. And things then, happen. And so You're not salty about it. No, no, no. We recovered it, bro. It's all good. Um, and so, you know, he's the first person I see. Give him a big hug. Send him the text message. You know, send it to my group chat. Crazy. Um, you know, so I see Timo. And then as I keep walking, um, I, I see Charles Johnson. I, I see a couple other people I know. I saw Kyle Love. I saw, I saw a lot of uh, former play, players that were even just here a couple years ago. So the Panthers are doing a good job of trying to reach back out. Robert McClain, a corner that came in with us. Uh, and then afterwards, you know, Tony Oden, one of my first DB coaches in New Orleans, he was there. He's the main DB coach for the Jets. And so, you know, he's coaching guys like Sauce and all those other guys, a lot of swag over there. And yep. another player, Justin Hardy, from the Jets. And then, you know, I, I see guys that I played with or played against while I was there as well. Uh, Joe Horn was in the building uh, watching his son, JC. So it was just really cool overall to, to see how many, like, paths you, you cut across in this whole thing. Dude, it's kind of weird. And it's funny because, like, I don't know anybody on the Panthers staff besides D'Angelo Hall. So you and Thomas Brown weren't playing in the SEC at the same time, right? Thomas Brown, no. Not that no. I know of. Georgia running back? Nah, you don't. Okay. I, I forget what years he was there. No, and, and – you, you might be a little older than him. Yeah, but not only that, but, like, he's on the East. I Like, I don't – we don't always play Georgia. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, uh, so it's, like, yeah. it's totally different. Yeah, Sometimes no, that's true. you don't cross paths. It, no, you're it's, right. It's just really funny, though, man. Like, uh, I just um, – I was impressed with a couple of things that the Panthers did. Look, man, I just think this kid Bryce is going to be phenomenal. I, I said it since day one. I haven't backed off of it. I said it was talking season. Everybody's going to make up these excuses. And I hoped that the Panthers would have drafted somebody else besides Bryce Young, Kyle, because you know me. I was all on, like, they had to earn my fandom. I know. Well, And, and then they just bought me off by drafting stop Bryce. Stop acting like you're mad about it. I'm not. But I'm just honest about it. they did something so right that it got you right back. They <laughs> bought you off because they did something so right, you're like, fuck it, I'm back. I'm back. Right. You're right. And he did a couple things yesterday. You're like, dude, that was nice. Well, I mean, he dropped that ball into DJ Chark. I mean, he dropped it right over the linebacker, right in front of the safety. You know, hit it. I think play went for like 20-25. But, I mean, you know, for a guy who's, uh, according to some, too small to see the middle of the field, it, right? And then – but. But if you watch him play in college, all he did was complete passes in tight windows across the middle all the time. Like, these are NFL-type throws that, like, people don't understand. It's like, oh, if he has this great arm, he throws it 50, 60 yards. He does have downfield. a good arm. He does. And, you know, he can throw it 50, 60 yards, 65, downfield, one-on-one, outside the numbers. Like, yeah, that's a good – like, that's, that's what you want if right. you have that ability to be able to do it. But, man, real games are one, not making those throws – it's going to be the ones in between tight windows anticipating, like, the hard throws right. over across the middle. Like, that's where you really make your money. But, Kyle, it's not even that throw because I, I saw him throw a really couple of good balls to, to Chark. But um, – Chalk, sorry. But it was Chark. Oh, it was Chark, sorry. It was uh, – they were doing, like, pressure period, like blitz period. So, all 11 are out there. Boom, boom. He's got a little bit of pressure like around the the edges so he steps up in the pocket and he could have maybe like taken off and ran he but then he felt a little bit more pressure to his left kind of slid to his right and look had his eyes downfield the whole time and then out of nowhere like 
like kind of turns his body sideways to his right and kind of underarm yeah. side like sidearm under flips the ball straight out to the flat with some zip to a tight end catches it to Trimble and nobody's around him because they're all looking at his eyes and where he's going Trimble kind of gets lost in coverage and he hits him and now he's able to get 12 15 yards off catch and run because it's a first down just off of like Bryce just kind of like keeping it available and open. Like those are yeah. the little plays that they didn't have a chance to even think about making last year. No. That he is going to be able to naturally create. Yeah. He just does those things and he finds guys and he gets it to tremble and where he can catch and run afterwards. So little plays like that, I'm like, oh, okay. Like well, that he, was nice. He does things and it, there's a special quality to it. Um, and I'm trying, I sent it to our boy Smoke last night. Uh, or I, maybe I watched it, but Robert Sala, and I probably won't be able to find it now, but Robert Sala, the Jets head coach yesterday, after practice was just like, he, got, he was smiling when he was asked about Bryce, and he was like, yeah, he's got some special qualities to him. I think we're all pretty much in agreement he's going to be awesome. Uh, <laughs> here it is. Hold on. What, did, what did he say? He, Unbelievable point guard. He is. Yeah, where the ball need, knows where the ball needs to go in a timely fashion. Great young man, tremendous football IQ. We all, I think I speak for everyone. We all think he's going to be pretty damn good. He's I mean, not they, Kyle, they, I saw it too they for the first it. time. Yeah, and they, they see well, it. It's not only that, but like, okay, we're in a real life team period. You know, he gets the ball. He's not confused on where the ball needs to go. No, no. He gets it. He is looking – first of all, he's looking downfield first, but he knows he's going to his left. Like, he knows. It's what? boom, boom. By the time he gets back, the ball's out, and he's throwing the ball, completing the pass. And you're like, okay. And he's doing this constantly, constantly, right. constantly. Not only that, but then you look on the other side, only Aaron Rodgers is doing it on that side because their backup is uh, – Zach he, Wilson? Zach Wilson still looks like struggle bus. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so – He's going to end up being – I'm not going to say Manziel light. You know, cause that, that's, after that Manziel documentary came out. I haven't out, seen it. I, I haven't seen it yet either, but I'm hearing terrible things. Uh, like, it wildly entertaining, but awful stories about Manziel. Like, I, I, if Wilson ends up being like a, a Manziel light, you know, and – yeah, at least keeps his – if he's known for Cougars, right, that's <laughs> probably what it's mostly going to be at the end of his career is the way things are sounding right now. But uh, with Bryce, you're absolutely right. Drew was like that. I mean, you saw it more, far more than I did. I mean, you were on the sidelines with your helmet yeah. off watching the offense. But the Drew difference like is that. I don't know if Drew was like that early in his career. Right, right. So this guy, like, just showed up. He just showed up. And, like, I just – they were uh, rattling off the numbers. So far in camp, he was, like, 193 of 245 – Passing 65% completion in, in, you know, in his first two weeks in camp. Uh, he was 14 of 22 against the Jets defense, which is one of the top five defenses in the NFL going yeah, into the season. He, it was an interception, too. It was kind of a tip pass. It was a tip way. pass, right. Yeah. I mean, well, so it kind of got bobbled. Andrew up. Luck threw 18 picks his rookie year, right? Peyton yeah, Manning he, threw like 30. Yeah, he, he did. <laughs> so, I mean, he's Bryce is going to throw the ball to the other team a little bit. And, like, that tip drill ball, that tip drill pick yesterday reminded me of that. It's like these dudes on the defensive side are really good, too. Yes, they are. They, have, they make good plays. They get paid to play ball, too. Like – He's going to throw some interceptions. Bryce is going to have a couple of rough Sunday afternoons. Rookies do that. Um, but you see the special stuff already. That's, For that's sure. The, you see a guy who shows up and knows the playbook. They have, they have a full install with a rookie quarterback. I mean, this is an area that you know better than anybody. That doesn't happen all the time. Doesn't even happen most of the time in the NFL. No, I'm, I'm just um, – Kyle, honestly, I was just – I'm not shocked. It just – it just only confirms to what me, what I already knew. You were yelling this. And to, then, to your credit, you were yelling that this was the truth. And and then going forward, like, you know, I, I 
I um, he's coming off the field. They do some extra work. Comes off the field, and I walk up to him. He know notices me immediately. He says, "What's up?" Da da da. We met each other in past, and right. we've gotten cool, uh, you know, cordial over the years. Um, and Bryce Young, him, next episode of the podcast. And I was just telling him, you know, my kids like to take a picture. Da da da. I met his his dad and his mom. They were super nice. His grandma was there. Right. You know, an aunt was there. So it was like it's a whole family affair, and uh, it's just really cool. For him to, he's just so soft spoken. He's easy to root for. Yep. Um, and a lot of people love to root for a little bit of an underdog, which because of his size, he will be forever kind of an underdog story. Mm-hmm. And so, because he doesn't look like what everybody imagines a quarterback looking like, he doesn't talk like it. He doesn't have this like super big bravado, like this quarterback, but he commands the huddle. And he's smart. And, bro, the dude just balls. And he's and the, the thing is, like, everybody talks about his size and his height. And, I mean, how, how is he going to be able to protect himself? I'm like, it'd be different if he was, like, 6'3", and then he shrunk down to yeah. where he's at. Then you'd have a problem. <laughs> then you'd have a problem. He's always had to do this, though. But he's always had to do this. This right. is just, like, everyday life. For and him. it's one of those simple things that I overlooked in the process, too. Because I looked at him at first, and I was like, man, you're good. But you're really small. And that, and that, like, you know, it's like, I, they're just so big. I've seen what they look like. These dudes are just so big. Are you going to be okay? Yeah, and, yeah and then, I get it. And then the more I thought about it, I, like you said, it was like, nah, he, he's, he's had to do this his whole life, right? It's and good. So, but, and that's, that extends to every area of his game. Go back to his arm strength, right? I was, I was arguing with a guy about this a few months ago before the draft, and he was like, it's a terrible decision. He's so small. He's this. And I was like, did you know he's got bigger hands than Patrick Mahomes? And he's like, what? And I was like, he's got bigger hands. And I was like, you don't have to care about the hand size thing. No, because but still, the hand size thing only matters. Got it. It, it never matters until all of a sudden it matters. Until it matters. Right, until it matters. But I'm like, he can grip the football. Yeah, he can. He can. He's going to hold on to the football. Like if you're worried about the losing the ball in rain or you know not being able to hold on to it when he gets it takes a big hit from behind. Like he's got a, he's got big hands. And then you watch him throw. And you know how Cam Newton had a strong arm, but people used to say, "Man, if Cam had just learned low to touch." Th- well, okay, I was going to say, but also had learned to throw a little bit more with his lower body. You know, he probably could have preserved his shoulder. You know, because he threw all upper body. Cam had a really strong arm, but Cam threw really upper, like heavy upper body. Bryce throws with his entire body. Bryce has fluid throwing mechanics because being smaller, right? You got to. You have to, right? So he, his entire career has been adapting to his size and that size deficit that he has with most other guys on the field. And now he's gotten to a point where it's not a deficit because he knows how to do it. Case in point, being able to see the middle of the field against the Jets defense yesterday and making some of those throws that he made. He's just adapted to his size. And, you know, guys like Steve Smith, who've been undersized their entire careers, have been yelling this too. It's like, hey, small dudes can play if they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I think Bryce is one of those guys who clearly knows how to do it. He will win rookie of the year. Ooh, really? Yes. Really? Yeah. I still think the Saints make the uh, win the division, though. Well, let me back up because uh, that was a I, I, it was a more excited response because it's not shocking to to predict that the number one overall pick could win Rookie of the Year. No, I but I said it before he was drafted number one. You I, did. I said he if he I thought he was going to go number two to Houston. I was like, and then he's going to win Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Because I don't think C.J. Stroud is just in the same level of price right now i haven't kept up with cj as much but i, I saw he was throwing a lot of picks early in camp so it's, it's look that's gonna be a totally different animal down there oh I, yeah. um i saw D'Amico do a uh presser the other day he looked excited he spoke i mean it's amazing because he's just continued to grow and he's just a better person but he just sounds like a coach it's like super excited and like the words he was used i'm like dude he sounds just like a football coach and um but no it's uh you know 
I'm I'm excited for Houston because I want to see how Will Anderson does. Yes. Not so much about C.J. Stroud. Yes, absolutely. But it's whatever. All right, All next right. subject. Are well, we done okay. with camp? Are we I, done I mean, with I, camp I, We talk? can be done with camp because I, I also need to point out the fact that um, you're, you probably have a different perspective on this, even though you cover the game professionally. Um, college football is being destroyed right now. Oh, yeah, we didn't even talk about that, the realignment. I wouldn't say destroyed. It's being destroyed. I would not say it's being destroyed. I'll ask it to you this way. Was college football better in 2005 or better in 2019? Uh, As a product. Probably 2005, but I think in 2005 we all took in information differently. We did. And so uh, I think that's a lot of it too. And and it's just funny because, man, I, I don't think it's being blown up. Well, it is kind of being blown up, but it is changing literally a lot right in front of us. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense. So um, it doesn't make sense in the fact of like all – it makes sense in football – but everywhere else, it makes no sense. So only no fo- sense. Only in football does it make sense because they're just chasing. They the just dollar. need to separate it. The NCAA can't have anything to do with college football anymore. They can't govern it. They already don't run the college football playoff. Then they go and make unbelievably, like offensively stupid decisions to deny Tez Walker his eligibility at North Carolina. You've seen that story, right? Uh, a little bit. Um, well, he played at Kent State for a couple of years. He's from Charlotte. He's a West Charlotte kid. He played at Kent State for a couple of years. Uh, I'm sorry, he, he actually first went to ETSU, didn't play there at all, ends up at Kent State, plays for a couple of years, transfers to North Carolina Central, right? But that was the COVID year, so they never played a game. NC Central never played in the COVID year. So then he transfers again to North Carolina, and the NCAA is saying, nope, you're a two-time transfer, denied. You can't play at North Carolina. The only team this guy's ever suited up for is Kent State. The only team he's ever played for in his career was Kent State. He had two other stops technically at ETSU and at NC Central, but he never played a snap for him ever. And the NCAA, you got eighth-year seniors out here across college football the last couple of years. But Tez Walker, who's like actually played for one school, can't play one more year at North Carolina. right? So this is what the NCAA is busy doing, but they damn sure can't handle anything important at this point. Um, didn't even bother trying to provide NIL guidelines. So they were just like, what are they good for? So if you're college football, you don't need the NCAA at this point. It needs to be its own entity. If this is where we're going to take it, like it's ridiculous that UCLA softball is going to go to Rutgers. It's stupid. We all get it. Like Washington Huskies women's lacrosse going to Maryland in College Park is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Don't do that. Like let, let's let's all save the money and the time and the headache of cross country flights and all that money that doesn't need to be spent. Yeah, because they don't fly private. No, no. I mean, these are suppo- those are the student athletes still. Yeah. Right. Why are you making them do stuff like that? It's going to be really tough. Well, it's because of the money, Kyle. They're well, all chasing it's the money. The answer. And, you know, they're all going to where the biggest, the biggest dollar sign is. And not only that, but, like, they got to survive. TV networks run college football. They got to survive. TV networks play the bills in college football. And so if you don't do those things and you're Oregon or Washington, then, like, what you going to do? You going to stay in the pack? Six the pack ain't nothing. It's a pack yeah. nothing. It's That's a pack a, nothing. It's, the it's pack a pack nothing. of nothing. Yeah. And so I, I feel like the the Pac-12 commissioner kind of dropped the ball. But then I just heard more recently that it wasn't all his fault, that he was dealt a bad hand too. So I thought, you know, when the Pac-12 world, when Oklahoma, Texas said they're out yeah. of the Big 12, the Pac-12 needed to, like, start making moves, Right. The Big 12 literally came to the Pac-12, was like, hey, 
maybe we come together. Like, what can we do? Let's try yep. and work some together. Pac-12 turned their nose up at them a little bit. Like, no, 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 we don't want that. But then I also heard that USC, their president was like, no, we don't want none of them. We don't, we don't want them out there. We're no. academics. We, didn't, we did not want them with us. And then all of a sudden, two months later, they turn and, and go. They jet as well, right? Within 18 months, USC and US, UCLA say they're going to the Big Ten. Yep. So now they're out. Now the Pac-12 sitting up here like, man, we're kind of stuck. But they still didn't adjust and go get nobody, Kyle. Why did they not go get anybody? And then they try and wait up for this last-ditch effort for whatever this TV contract was, and the money was not going to be enough to keep anybody happy or there. Not only that, but, like, who's, who's signing up for Apple TV well, for, for Pac-12 after dark? Right, right. Like, not happening. Well, I think it was one of the administrators in the Pac-12 told uh, – said anonymously, told some writer, he was like, it was – this this TV deal was basically like selling candy bars in the Girl Scouts. Yeah, you know, he was like it was so it was just insulting. But that, that's where they were. And then the story came out that San Diego State, right, who tried to get out of the Mountain West, that whole deal a couple months ago with the Mountain West, they they quit, or they didn't quit. And Mountain West was like, no, you're out, or no, you're not quitting. San Diego State was apparently trying to lead the charge to steal Pac-12 teams and Mountain West teams and form a brand new Power Five conference, and they failed miserably because like who's going to follow San Diego State anywhere? Right? Yeah, you made the Final Four. Great. You had a nice little run. You're not suddenly a leader in college athletics. What are you doing? Um, so the Pac-12 is dead. Now Cal and Stanford want to get to the ACC. Or that they're trying to get to the Big Ten. I, I heard yesterday they're trying. Well, they may be trying to get taking them. Yeah. Well, yeah. They Why don't add you? any value. Nothing. Right. So that's with the ACC. And, and also with the Big Ten getting so big, like I know the revenue was really big, the TV contract, but the more teams you bring in. The more pieces of the pie, they have get. to be valuable enough to at least break even. Yeah, right. Because nobody wants, to, nobody's going to take a ACC case in point. Like it's reportedly, it's reportedly Cal and Stanford are willing to take sixty to seventy percent revenue share relative to everybody else already in the conference. You know, SMU's on the table for the ACC, at least reportedly. SMU's telling the ACC, "Hey, we won't even take any money for five years. Just let us <laughs> in." <laughs> How like you? You, you know what's coming if you're willing to join a conference and not get any cut of the pie for the first five years just to be safe, you know, and above water. First of all, SMU don't need no money. SMU has plenty of money. Buku's a bucks. Buku's a bucks. And if you're the right ACC, it does get you into Dallas, I guess. Right. It, it's, it, you can't look at re regions anymore. Like, regionality is all gone. No, just no, no. throw that all the way away, and let's just go with whatever they're going to do. I, I think – the Big 12 should try and lock up every team in Texas as much as they could, right? They're still not really any better off. I think they're way better off. The Big 12 is fine. They're going to be the third. No, no, they are a steady, they're a stable conference that's yes. going to exist, which matters, yes. right? Well, you got to think about it, though, Kyle. All right? Think about this, though. The last two years, the Big 12 has had a playoff team. For sure. And a finals team. Yeah, that, you, can't over, you can't overlook that. You're so, right. So, you know, they had Cincinnati, who's – Going to be in the Big 12. Right. They were just in the playoffs two years ago. Correct. TCU was just in the championship a year ago. They're fine. They're going to be okay. Yeah. They're, they're still like, dude, we're better than the ACC. Right now, yeah. They're like, we're and good. And the fucked up thing about the ACC, <laughs> pardon my language here, like apparently Notre Dame is lobbying the ACC to take Cal they and Stanford. It's like, first they of all, ain't going. why the fuck would you take marching orders from Notre Dame until or unless they say they're joining your conference? Like, yeah, you're, you're a member in all the other sports except for football, but this is the one we're talking about here. 
Like, why, if you're the ACC and Jim Phillips, you better not take any marching orders. Who cares what Notre Dame wants you to do? Until they join the conference as a full football member, I don't care what you think. It, it, I don't care at all. It's hilarious how. I couldn't how, care less. It's hilarious how Notre Dame is pulling a lot of the strings here. Right. Exactly. So a lot of strings so, here. Okay, and you people want, want Notre Dame to fall in line, and Notre Dame's like, dude, I'm about to renegotiate this NBC deal, right? For home but games. But what happens when NBC comes to the table and they don't offer what in, what Notre Dame wants? Like, what then? I, I wonder but, about that because what, the, the is TV, that going to happen though? Yeah, the TV landscape for sports right now is not great. I mean, you work at ESPN, you know what's going on out there. Like, I, I do work for the ESPN, TV but landscape. I, my SEC network is almost different. It's I, like I got it. It's a little understood. Bit different. You're still yeah. doing Sports Center hits on Saturday mornings. <laughs> I got it. But like the TV landscape overall is really shaky right now. I've talked to a lot of executives about this. Now we talked to our own executive about this. You know, last two weeks ago. Um, you know, radio's in a better place than TV right now, just in terms of people knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who the next big acquisition's coming from in TV. Nobody knows where, you know, ESPN or Fox are necessarily going to be in five years because, hell, Bob Iger at Disney's starting to sell things off. Disney might sell to Apple. Like, you know, Apple's become one of the biggest players, if not the biggest player in TV. So it's, it's a weird time to be in TV right now. And the ACC, yeah, it's funny because Florida State is kicking and screaming trying to knock the they door are. down to get out. They want anybody to come flirt with them. But they them. still might not be able to. <laughs> right? They still might be locked up the, for the next the 10 TV years. The TV contract, I mean, the, the conference contract with the ACC is so ironclad. Mm-hmm. That was the best thing. Well, best and worst. Because here's the problem. Well, yeah, because now the all, the mo- all the money has, has passed them. Well, up. for instance, the Big 12 is going to be able to renegotiate its deal twice before the ACC gets to renegotiate once. Unless they add teams to the conference, and if they add teams to the conference, then they start from then they start over. You can renegotiate the contract. But like again, if you told me that Notre Dame was going to join as a full football member, uh, contingent upon Cal and Stanford, cool, go ahead and do it. Right? I don't, I don't think you can call it the Atlantic Coast Conference anymore. No, no, just call it the Coastal Conference. Something like that, right? Coastal but, Conference. Yeah, something along those lines. But short of that, or you can keep it the ACC, the All Coast Conference. I hate that. I hate that so much. The All Coast Conference. I really hate it. The bi just go with the bi coastal conference. Why are you the BCC? To, yeah, we'll just keep it the ACC. Why? Why would you not? It's what you already call it. The All Coast Conference. I don't know. I. It, You're just coming from a negative headspace. It guy. upsets because the <laughs> ACC is in a negative space, Roman, and, it, and it's felt this way for a decade. No, that you're Virginia. And, and, you're and hokey. The, well, and you're the worst hokey. part is they could solve their own problems. Yes, and they could. Virginia Tech and Miami have just stunk for most most of the last ten years. Um, you know, Florida State won a title 10 years ago. We all respect Florida State as a program, but up until this year, they haven't done anything in a long time. No, they haven't. So Clemson's the only team that's really been doing much of anything. And if those other three quote-unquote football schools hadn't sucked for a decade, they wouldn't be in this position. So that's what it is, too. It's like the ACC has been their own worst enemy. <laughs> right. They've been their own worst enemy. Right. They've literally – we've had the ultimate respect for the ACC. I remember 10 years ago they were like, the ACC's better than the SEC. They, they at least got – they could lay claim to that legitimately. You know what I mean? You remember know, that? You know, every like once in a while. Clemson, Florida State. Yeah. Miami, like – some of these teams were really good. Well, when Deshaun Watson and Clemson, I think the yeah. when they won the title, yes. I think Virginia Tech got an automatic berth that year. Or uh, I could be wrong about that. They ended up maybe in a New Year's Six Bowl. Florida State was was yeah. there. So like yeah. they had like three teams playing. Yes. So I mean, it was like, hey, we're the best conference in America. It's like yeah. you might be this year. That's pretty cool. They were definitely better than the Big Ten at the time. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So it was the like, Big Ten used to be the butt of all the jokes. Yeah. So you know, when I was in school, the Big Ten was really good. Then the ACC really took a jump up. Yep. And then all of a sudden, now you look up, 
And this is where it is. And the ACC has been their own worst enemy because they haven't won the games they need to. Virginia Tech has had some slip-ups. Mm. All right. Florida State has not been anywhere close to consistent or good. The only team that has been consistent is Clemson. Yeah. And we look at Clemson like, man, they're just beating up on all these these, these. Uh, these these poo daddies. Yeah, it's Clemson and the majorettes. Yeah, it's like for like five straight years. Yeah, it's like it's like just sad. It is. And like every year you get the ACC media day, and it's like, no, this this is the year that Miami's going to be back. Like that, you just talk yourself into somebody else doing it, right? Every no. year, and I and I truly believe they do believe that Florida State will be a, a, a war daddy this year, and it's just going to be interesting to see because we'll know right after the gate. LSU versus Florida State. And Florida State needs this game way more than LSU does. They as use a it. conference. They could use it. As a conference, week one is huge for the ACC. North Carolina and South Carolina, right over here in uh, Charlotte, huge game. Huge game. They need a really good show in here. Not only that, the, North Carolina needs to win that game because at least it makes us seem legit that we just don't have this like Heisman hopeful quarterback that still hasn't won like a big game. Right. Because he really hadn't. All right. When they need him the most, he didn't play that great down the stretch last year. Also, Virginia playing against Tennessee in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. That's a huge game. B bouncing back for that, uh, the head coach of Virginia. Tennessee's going to win that game by 30. I, Yes, they will. Yes. Yes, they will. Tennessee's going to win that game by 30. But that's what I'm saying. Like, so the matchups, you know, whenever you match up against another conference, you can't get your doors blown off. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Well, sure. And Tennessee's going to be like the fourth or fifth best team in the SEC. Hold on. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee's going to smoke them. Um, <laughs> Tony Elliott was – I don't know – I don't hate Tony Elliott at all, right? But you had Brennan Armstrong there last year, and – Coming off the massive year they had between him and Robert and I, they're back together again at NC State this year, which is why I think NC State could be the third-best team in the ACC. Um, but we can get back to that. Well, I mean, Br Brandon Armstrong and Robert and I at UVA two years ago put up monster numbers offensively. They couldn't stop a nosebleed defensively, and they lost a bunch of games because <laughs> of it. But, like, they uh, – I mean, offensively put up monster numbers. Yeah. But then, like, Tony Elliott and Des Kitchens last year, they inherited this, you know, Brandon Armstrong – a guy who's, who proved what he could do in that offense, and they completely gutted and changed the offense. They changed everything about it, and he looked like a completely different player. And so he he got the hell out of there. I was actually I don't blame him. I don't either. I was surprised. I saw, I saw the what they did at Clemson under Tony Elliott. It wasn't great. It was it not was, great. It was, like, very stale. And so now I have no reason to believe that with a new quarterback and, you know, looking as bad as they did last year that all of a sudden UVA's offense is going to take off. Yeah. I think Joe – I mean, I'm a Joe Milton skeptic, by the way. Um, okay, okay, because I've heard guys like, oh, he's going to be this year's Anthony Richardson. I'm like, can we please slow down? That's Well, first of all, Anthony – what? No. Um, what Anthony Richardson threw like 17 touchdown passes last year. What are we talking about? Yeah, but like, I mean the fact that like he's going to get drafted in the top five. Oh, could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so you I, think so? No, no. I, upside, trade. He's got a monster arm. He can throw it 80 yards from his knees. I mean, Joe Milton has him, but he couldn't beat Hendon Hooker two years ago. He couldn't take the job from Hendon Hooker. And Hendon's a good quarterback. Like, we all like Hendon. But it's like, okay, just because – is Josh Heupel that good, right? Can he turn – to take Hendon I Hooker? I think this offense is that unique. It's very hard to stop But at some college. point, like, you know this better. Once they've done that for a couple of years, defenses will catch up a little bit. So, yeah. you know, is Joe Milton special? Is Josh Heupel like, you know, Lincoln Riley where he just keeps pumping out dudes? People keep blowing up my phone right now. I love um, it. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'm a Joe Milton skeptic. I don't think he sucks, but I just don't think you're going to see that same 
Are they going to win 10 games this year? I don't think so. Do you? Uh, so I'm at nine for Tennessee right now. Okay. Last year I was the only guy saying they're going to win 10. And now if they win 10 this year, I mean, it's a good year, but it's not like they advanced, you know, and that's the big deal right now is, is how's Tennessee continue to advance? They're ahead of schedule. And they just got to continue to get better on the defense side of football. And also with Joe, uh, Joe Milton, it's going to be some, some pocket presence things for me that I want to see his growth and maturity uh, on that side of it. It'll be really interesting because he looks like a dude. But, I mean, he don't look like Anthony Richardson type dude, but he looks like a dude. Yeah, he's got a big arm. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. By the way, just switch gears real quick. So, it was a zoo in Uptown Charlotte last night, right? Zoo. Absolute zoo. I got off the air at 6 o'clock. Zoo. And I – bolted out of town because I, I didn't want and I, I did get caught in a little bit of it yeah but you're um, going opposite way though what's that you're going opposite way well yeah but like it was all I'm on Moorhead right so that's the street the stadium's on so the concert traffic had already I mean there were there were people dressed up at 5 30 a.m yesterday morning Kyle getting ready for Beyonce Kyle, Kyle. I, I mean did you drop the, your girls off what yes, did you I do did. yes where I did. how did you like how long did it take you to get in and out I dropped them off actually um Came down, went up fourth, and then crossed over Tryon, kept going. I actually was going to turn by where TD's uh, bar is down there by the stadium. They wouldn't let you turn left. And Kyle, seeing some of the clothes, I mean, one girl had like double slits on both sides of her shirt, a short dress, but it didn't look like she had anything underneath. Then I saw like – like hoochie mama shorts, like way worse than yours right now. Like booty cheeks actually out. Oh, I saw some stuff. Yeah, I saw dudes dressed up with hoochie daddy shorts on and having their cheeks out a little bit too. It was like, it was a lot. It was a lot to see. Um, I mean, people were all in it. and uh, But no, we actually went around and I actually dropped them off by the, uh, practice, the Panthers practice bubble on the backside over there. No traffic. None? Nope. You can just walk right on around. You savvy Charlotte veteran you. How about <laughs> I that? Like, I, was like, I was like, all these people are trying to go this way. Here we go. Let me just go around, drop them off behind by the practice bubble. I said, you can just walk. Yeah. Right over here to the – right behind the, sta- the stadium. That's as close as you're going to really get without uh-huh. getting with all the crazy madness traffic. And then I, I came out, and then I turned right away from the stadium on Moorhead. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I didn't go. Obviously. I don't blame you. Uh, but not, I mean, I'm, the I'm Beehive was live in effect last night. You said night. Bayhive earlier. I, I said the same thing like six months ago on the air, and they're like, "How dare you? It's the Beehive. What are you talking about?" So it is. It is enunciated the Beehive, but it's spelled Bayhive. But yes, it is the Beehive. And I mean, my wife's a big a big Beyonce fan, and so her taking my daughters last night, my wife actually says she's a little disappointed, and I think it's because she overstocked the whole. Uh, concert for like three or four or five months now and so she's like she cheated us she didn't give us three outfits that i saw at other shows i'm like what that that's a that's a strange criticism that's but i I guess because when i guess you you're just such a crazy beyonce fanatic you want all of it that never even occurred to me me neither i'm like this is what it was how many times has she changed clothes during a concert i don't know i don't know kyle that's a thing huh that's a thing I only go to like country concerts where it's just like some dude sitting there in the same button down shirt for three hours. So I don't know. I, that didn't even occur to me. Yeah. Costume like, changes. Yeah, huh? She didn't get like two or three of so those. I got a question costume. for you. Not only that, but uh, her daughter Blue came out. I saw that on, on yep. the Instagram this morning. Which is cool. And my daughter London was like, Dad, me and Blue were just dressed just like my color was pink. Hers was 
blue or some other color. But really? We had the same outfit on. Okay. I, I saw the uh, – so that's a weird thing to me. So, like, does, does, does her daughter – is she, like, homeschooled and just goes on tour with them? How does that work, I wonder? I mean, first of all, it's summer. Um, oh, that's a dumb thing. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I don't – I don't know. I mean, if, if you're Blue Ivy, do you really go to school? Fair. All these questions are fair. So, like, what's, what's harder to do? Bronny James trying to do what his dad did or Blue Ivy trying to do what, his, what her mom does? I think uh, Blue Ivy trying to do what her mom does. You think so? A thousand percent. See, I don't know about Because I don't even know if you got musical talent. I don't know if Bronny can play his NBA good. Would, yeah, would, dude, would, but he's good. He's like he's going to go to college. I know at least. he can hoop a little bit. I'm not saying like I'm saying. Would Bronny James be looked at the same way by scouts if he was just Bronny Lucas? Like I would, would no, I don't think so. Right? No. So would he be getting the same opportunity? And and obviously, we'll always. But there's like a fu- you can measure basketball talent for the most part, right? Yes. You can't really measure you can't really measure artistry in the same way. No, and no, yeah, but Beyonce's like. She's such an entertainer. Like, that's the part that everybody loves. It's not just her music, but it's her entertainment. Sure. It factor, her dancing, all the other stuff. And her dad was kind of like Earl Woods and that, like, he had him on it when he was when they were kids. Early. Right. right. Out of Houston, baby. Right. Early. So, you know, I, don't know it's, it's, I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, who has it harder in trying to live up to those expectations? It's got to be, uh, I would say, Blue Ivy. But I don't think she has any expectations, dude. She's one daughter. Uh, they don't have any other kids. They're some of the richest people on the planet. They're, yeah, they're like yeah. some of the richest. Bro, if you don't do anything, you're all right. You're fine. They, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, you can just be like a spoiled rich kid for the rest of your life, and you'll be fine. Yeah, not only that, but your I'm kids not saying are gonna she be fine. Is that? But like, if you, yeah. she could just choose to be that, and she'll be fine. She'll be fine. Not only that, but your her kids will be fine. They got that much money. Okay, it's like when you start getting to the bees. Oh yeah, they got generate. Like if you you got to try to fuck up that kind of yeah. money. Yeah. Like the next five generations should have a lot of money. Yeah. They just should. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay. So, yeah. So that's my take on it. I, I think being Bronny's hard because everybody's going to always, you know, you're always in your dad's shoes, uh, shadows. Yeah. Not only that, but your dad's still playing, and your dad's like, I want to, I want. But when your dad says stuff like. I want to play until I play with my son. Yeah. Like, that's the – Jay-Z and Beyonce ain't saying that about Blue. Like, is Blue going to be on a Jay-Z track <laughs> at some point? Yeah. Like, they're not saying that. They Jay-Z just think it's cute because she Blue can Ivy. dance a little bit and she can come out there. Okay, we have this one little section. Let her come up and do her own thing, right? Because she's on the road with us, uh, mommy and daddy, a little bit. But okay. other than that, okay. like, Bronny's it's tough on him because his dad has put all that on him, too. Yeah. All right. I, I, it was a thought I had this morning. So here, also got yelled at for this yesterday. All right. So Beyonce's in town. I was like, all right, Mount Rushmore female pop stars. You ready? My first four was Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Janet Jackson, Celine Dion. That was my first, that was my first Mount Rushmore. Then I revised it and I kicked Taylor Swift off and I put Whitney Houston on. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's debatable, right? Because Taylor Swift is massive. She also won't come to Charlotte. She's had two chances to come to Charlotte for her world tour. Not that I care because I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. But, you know, she just keeps skipping Charlotte. You know what I found out yesterday? Who is a Taylor Swift fan? Who? Brock Bowers. The Georgia tight end? Yes. He was like, you know, if you have anything going uh, on, your, your, your headphones, whatever, to like, like, what would you be doing? He's like, um, probably just listen to some Taylor Swift, you know, Swifty. I'm like, is he for real? You're fucking swifty how does that make you feel 
Questionable. I, yeah. Questionable. Yeah, like I try not to judge people for their questionable like the things Kyle. that they like in terms of music and art and stuff. I know he's from Napa. I just don't I get, get it. I don't get the Taylor Swift appeal. I never really have. And I think part of it was like when she tried to call herself a country artist early on. I'm like, lady, you don't sound country. I don't know what you're talking about here. <laughs> so I, 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 I've never accepted the idea that she's been a country artist. People will fight me over this one. Like she's, she's not. She's always been a pop star. Even if she tried to sound low country and put on some country clothes, I'm like she's a, you know, she's from Pennsylvania. Like it's just, I mean, just I don't, I don't hear it. I'm sorry. Like she ain't, she's not Martina McBride. She's not Faith Hill. She's not Reba McIntyre. Like yeah, what's the girl with the big butt that got famous a couple a uh, year and a half ago? Oh, Lainey Wilson. Yeah, that's it. That's, how, that's funny how I, the girl with the big butt. Look, <laughs> that's, that's that's kind of how she wants to be known. And now, yeah, right? and now she's like, look, if she's this talented. is what's going to get, yeah, she she's, is talented. But she's she, like, got, she gets your attention with the yeah. bell bottom jeans. Yeah, she's like, I mean, if this is what it, they're going like, people more people going to tune in. Like, right. that's fine. Like the fact that you said that girl with the big butt, and everybody knows you're talking about <laughs> Lainey Wilson. That's it's it's a thing. It was intentional. It was like it's a marketing totally. deal. You know what? Good for them. Because yeah. she gets you paying attention. It's like, oh, this girl can sing a little bit too. But those bell bottoms, yeah, that caught that caught your attention for no sure. Qu- no doubt. But anyway, like so I, I kicked Taylor Swift off. I put Whitney Houston on. So it's Beyonce, yep. Whitney Houston, Janet Jackson, uh, Celine Dion. But then like what do you do with Madonna and Lady Gaga and Jennifer Lopez and Cher? And like Aretha Franklin, you put Aretha Franklin on that list, yeah? Because people said no. I, Aretha, actually, I don't even want to like do this list. Anymore. Tina Turner, yeah, I don't want to do this list. You don't want to do this. Too, no, it's it's too stressful, hard. right? Yeah, yeah I don't. It's do this way list. too hard. Yeah, because so, I want I don't want to leave people out. Because you know I mean? then you get like people yelled at me. Yeah, yeah. I immediately don't leave. yesterday, like, like <laughs> five hundred people, like, how are you gonna leave Tina Turner? <laughs> off? I'm like, Damn, I, I, it's a good thought. I don't know. <laughs> that's what I'm like. What do you mean you not? That's Madonna on the list. I'm like, well, I don't like Madonna. They're like, well, fuck you for not liking Madonna. I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. No, like as soon as you start missing. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do this list. Right. I don't right. want to do it's this list. It's way too stressful. It's too stressful. I feel like I'm leaving people out. Because, like, matter of fact, because I was like, oh, man, I would almost take Janet Jackson off first. But she's the epitome of a pop star. I agree. But and then you're like, oh, Whitney Houston. I'm like, oh, I get it. Then you mentioned Aretha Franklin. I'm like, ugh. But here's I mean, the thing. She's like, ugh. Whitney Houston and Aretha Franklin were more soul singers, right? Aretha right. Franklin was the queen of soul. Whitney Houston had some pop songs, but she sang mostly soul songs. Yep. So you could get into some fierce debates. What the fuck are you going to do with Mariah Carey? Uh, no, she's great too. I mean, nobody sold more Christmas songs. I mean, than I was going to say, man, Christmas th- every year. Not only does she has the, have the most popular Christmas song in the history of Christmas songs, she wrote it. Like most of these Christmas songs that get popular are covers. She wrote the damn thing. She wrote it, right? <laughs> so what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I don't want a lot for it. Like, come on, man, come on. She's awesome. I agree. You stressed and, out I just mean, thinking about it? Now, no, yeah, you? but I mean, Shakira's pretty awesome too. She was also on there. Oh, she was? Okay, I was Yeah, saying. she was also on there. Somebody even talked me like, hey, Ariana Grande sold 85 million records. And I'm like, I was oh, going to say. That's a, a lot of records, man. I'm an Ariana Grande fan. Are you? Yeah. I kind of like I don't her. know that I can name one song, but I know, who, I know who she is. I know what she looks like. I don't think I can name one song, but I can pick her out of a lineup. So I guess that's something. It's how, all good. How was Napa Valley, by the way? So Napa was great. Uh, we went to a Blue Note Music Fest. Dave Chappelle hosts it, uh, puts it on. It was, I mean, it was great. I mean, saw I didn't, Chappelle live. Yeah, I did. Yeah, we saw him. He was he was hilarious. He was kind of drunk and he was talking shit. And uh, he's Jack now too. And yeah, he, I mean, he had a wife beater on the whole time. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. He's not. Hold white. on, Chappelle did. <laughs> wife beater on the whole time in in Napa Valley wine country. Yeah, just yeah. walk around a wife beater. No doubt. Phenomenal. He's not wearing he's not wearing t shirt. DC no will never come out of Dave Chappelle. No sleeves. That's bro. funny, bro. So he's wearing he's wearing wife beater. Um, uh, we had Mary J. Blige one night. Um, 
a Chance the Rapper did one night was a cover, like the main. So this was a, a big event type thing. Yeah, it was pretty big. I, I'd never heard of it. It was only the second year they've ever done it. This was your first time? Yeah, my first time. So did your wife find it? Like what? How, how uh, no, uh, my boy Spice Adams. Oh, yeah, that's right. I saw the pictures. Yeah, he got invited, and so he just gave us all tickets, and we just got our own place. That's awesome. And so it was a really good, really good deal, bro. We were in the middle of nowhere, though. It kind of sucked, but... Um, other than that, it was cool because, like, I'd never been to Napa. We went to a different wine vineyard yeah. every day. Um, we became, you know, what do you do when you go to Napa? You, you know, we became wine uh, people. Yeah, we became wine people. We became uh, part of a wine uh, collector's thing or whatever. We, you know, joined a couple groups. It was cool. Um, and uh, honestly, dude, uh, Mary J, Chance the Rapper, and Nas were the, the three headliners oh for the three gosh. nights. It was great, bro. I was kind of fucked up that's like a grown-up millennials dream you go yeah drink it was really really and, cool and, bro. oh my god everybody was getting it in you know that's fantastic and uh do you feel we like were, a sommelier when you left like do you know so much more about wine now uh not really not really you just drank some shit i just drank some shit I don't blame you. it was great though i mean i didn't know like how much money went into those things like uh i think we went to a place called hamill and literally this um this one family, this like tech guy, just like sold out or whatever company he had. It was just like, you know, his son was really into wine. I always wanted to be like a wine creator or whatever. And so they just started a wine a winery. Huh. And they've grown it and now his son has went through all the school and all this other stuff. So now he's probably gonna they're gonna pass it down. And they have like a huge, very uh modern whole setup, bro. Great views. I'm like, man, how do these people get all this money? And it's like you know, it's crazy. Then not only that, but uh, a bottle of Camus from like like thirty year old Camus or something like that. So some bottle of Camus, whatever it was, sold for like half a billion dollars. I'm like, what? What? And you can't even drink it. They're like, you, you drink. Like, that's what I don't understand. I don't understand. You can't even drink it. This what do you do? Pure- Just like put it up on a mantle and tell people about it? No, it was uh, half a. It was a bottle of Screaming Eagle. Sorry, but still, like, what do you? I I've never understood this about the ultra rich. Okay, and it's kind of like the sports memorabilia thing. It's like Michael Jordan's North Carolina warm-up sold for $3 million. Like, are you going to wear that thing? Because <laughs> what, what are you going to do with it otherwise? Well, I, I would probably wear it, you know what I mean? Okay, I probably would. On my, on my, my anniversary, I'd right before, right before right. I come in and, and drop a, the people's elbow on my wife. Okay, all right. Wear, come in with Michael Jordan pull-up, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. right. But other than that, no. Right. But, like, I've never, I've never understood the autograph thing. I mean, I just, I've never gotten it. It's like this thing, this autographed photo of Michael Jordan just sold for $750,000. Like, you just bought a thing for three quarters of a million dollars to just put it on the wall and stare at it. And I just, I don't understand the concept. With the wine, too, it's like, you can't drink that. You no. gotta pay a half million dollars for something you cannot consume. Yes. Why would you do that? Not half a million, half a billion. Half a bi- I'm sorry, half a billion. Yeah, yeah. Get the, get the, my bad. Get the letters right. Why would you do that? You're offending me. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Um, so you got to see some awesome shows. I did. I thought I was going to get to see awesome shows on, on vacation last week, but I did not. I went up to New Hampshire. Just so happened that our guys, the Avett brothers, uh, shout out to my guy, Dane Honeycutt. He's a good friend of mine. He's our tour manager. Um, you know, whenever we link up or whenever we're in the same vicinity, we try to go see those guys and, um, you know, get backstage and just, we love the Avett brothers especially, but they're a part of the Outlaw Music Tour right now. And they were up in Guilford, New Hampshire at Lake Winnipesaukee where my, my in-laws live and where we were last week. Uh-huh. Um, I'm repping today with the, the new hoodie I bought. But love like, it. So we go up there and like we'd made plans ahead of time to go see the Avett brothers and Willie Nelson. And I've never seen Willie in concert. 
And so I'm, I'm stoked, right? Avett Brothers, Willie Nelson, you know, I'm going to take my father-in-law. We're going to go, go have a good time. Bro, I get COVID on the way oh, up. No. To, oh, yeah, I get COVID. Uh, the whole family got COVID on the way to vacation. So we get to, you know, to the in-laws. Beautiful lake. You know, we, just, we spend all week on the boat with the father-in-law, just swimming, having a good time, hanging out, just relaxing. I get COVID on the way to vacation. I can't go see Willie Nelson for the first time or the Avids because I can't stroll into a crowd of people or backstage with – what am I going to go kill Willie Nelson with COVID? Don't do that. I can't do that, right? Don't do that. So, so I got to stay at home. I'm, Will- I'm, I'm, at least you're polite. A lot of people, you know, because it's like a new strand of COVID coming out. So It's, it's fine. There's nothing to be. It's just a cold. Hey, man, I, I'm, not, I'm not here to say what it is. I, I'm, I'm just, not a doctor. It's not like everybody's got a mask up again. I'm oh. not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Got a mask God, up God, again. God, God, like, you, they're out there, dude. There, there's don't a lot it, of people. Go to Portland. Like, you know what? So, so Kyle and I, well, everybody's not going to know, is that Kyle and I had a conversation the other day. We all, Kyle and I text and call <laughs> each other from time to time. And oh, my God. Kyle was fucking on one the other day. I was on, yeah, on the phone the other night. I was yes. definitely on one. Yeah. You were on one. Yeah. And it, I mean, you didn't say any like non truths, but man, dude, you immediately ratcheted up. I did. You got me fired up. I, was, I, I just asked one crazy, I just asked one thing. I'm like, dude. I know, but right now I'm, I'm particularly annoyed with the still wearing masks in the car people. And so, so Kyle, we got a mask up again. It's Kyle's COVID. very annoyed with the left right now in, in America. The, yeah, yeah, the, have been the for a ultra, while. The ultra leftist. Yeah. He's very, he's very teed off at. I just, it's the inequity he's in coverage. Tired. It's yes. the inequity. Like I saw an analysis the other day that showed that the mainstream press has used the phrase "far right" like twenty eight hundred percent more than they use the phrase "far left." Right? It's yes. it's so disproportionate in the coverage. It's like yes, let's highlight the insanity of the far right. We should do that. But no one see, has. I mean, these 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 are. I mean, these outlets have no interest in highlighting the absolute lunacy coming from the far left, too. And it's like, okay, we're still doing the same things we were a couple of years ago, and just <laughs> pretending that we're both sizing stuff now. Equal. I don't. It's weird. I just. Anyway, thank you for doing that. But uh, no, I got COVID, and I didn't want to kill Willie Nelson, so I stayed I home. I appreciate that. Yeah, I stayed. Home. I like Willie Le- Nelson. I do too. I mean, now, maybe was... I'll get to see him at some point before yeah. he actually dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's not. Let's not. Somebody's trying to wish death on Willie yeah, Nelson. Yeah, I was like, dude. I'm, in fact, it's quite the like opposite, it. Roman. I don't. I don't want Willie Nelson to die. Sounded like it. All right, whatever. I had a good time. It's good seeing you. Hey, man, it's good seeing you too. We need to do this more uh, well, occasionally. Well, <laughs> we we, yeah. we both have been kind of gone doing some other things. Kind of vacations Season, and such. season's been about to kick up here. And, uh, bro, we're going to be good. I mean, we're going to be good. I'm living through a renovation. It's just what it is. Well, we all are. Some of us. Anyway, 82 coming up next week. Until then, for Roman Harper, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.